Hey guys, Leah Pika here. Fast fact, every holiday in high school, I would dress in Victorian garb and sing Christmas carols with my acapella group around our local downtown village. And this is Present Beyond Measure, episode 12. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure show, where you'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating and delivering data visualizations and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions, change hearts, and enlighten minds. If you're ready to get your insights noticed, remembered, and acted upon, you're in the right place. Now your host, Leah Pika. Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of Present Beyond Measure and the last episode of 2015. As always, I want to thank you so much for choosing to listen to me today. Today is a very, very special episode as it's the final one of the year as we bid goodbye to 2015. Now, I just want to take a minute to read another lovely review of the show from iTunes. And as a show of thanks, I'll be reading out my favorites to show my appreciation. Today's review comes from Ian F. USA, who says, Chock full of great information. Leah's podcast is so useful and has tons of great information to digest. She doesn't waste time chatting about irrelevant stuff, but really gets down to business with great advice and insight. I've learned so much from her already. I can't wait for the next episode. She's also chosen some great guests and also gets really practical tips and advice. Well, thank you so much, Ian. That is a lovely review, and I really appreciate when people take the time, even just a few minutes, to take the time on iTunes to leave me that review, because then I know that the show is serving you and keeping you entertained at the same time. So if you'd like to leave a review and get a shout out, please visit the show in iTunes at leahpeekacom slash iTunes and just click ratings and reviews. It takes just a moment. I really appreciate it. And now, on to the show. Wow. I can't believe it's the end of 2015 already. I just, I can't. I can't. This has been the most whirlwind year, I think, on record for me. <laughs> it started out in such a vastly different place. You know, I was working in corporate after seven years at my firm and just beginning to blog about my work and, you know, finding my passion. And after speaking at eMetrics Boston, I took on my first side clients doing coaching and presentation design work, all while trying to heal some very debilitating um, medical issues. So it was a lot. And I officially launched my brand at eMetrics in March, San Francisco, and it's just been all a crazy roller coaster ride since then. And it wouldn't be a true analytics podcast if I didn't deliver some stats to you. So here goes. I've helped over 7,000 unique users on my content site, delivered two webinars, flew over 6,000 miles speaking at industry conferences, coached three industry conference speakers, delivered private keynotes and training workshops to three digital analytics agencies and through the Digital Analytics Association, and I launched a podcast, which has been downloaded over 5,000 times. <laughs> and not to mention, uh, appeared on six other podcasts as well. So the next time I'm feeling like I'm being lazy, I'm just going to listen to this episode again. Yeah, I think that'll, that'll work. 
And just a little podcast trivia for you. My number one downloaded episode is, drumroll, number 007 with the Eric Feinberg of 4C. Eric was also my most mentioned guest by other podcast guests. Somehow, almost every other one of my guests mentioned him at one point, proving that without a doubt, he's pretty much the man when it comes to the analytics community. So hats off to you, my friend, and to your hair's Twitter handle. (laughs) I still can't get over that. So this episode falls in the 12th month. And it might be no coincidence that episode 12 happens to fall in December. And there are also 12 days of Christmas, which has now passed. But if you listen to my Halloween at Thanksgiving time episode, you know that I am chronically late for things. So I thought I would do something completely buckwild crazy for y'all. And it has to do with song. So you know that my whole platform is about storytelling and leaving an impact. Well, for me, the art of song is the most ancient, time-honored tradition of storytelling that transcends cultural boundaries. So I thought I would put a fresh spin on an old classic to take a trip down memory lane to the very beginning of the Present Beyond Measure show and deliver its best highlights in a fun and very memorable way, because that's how I roll. Now, for my solo shows, I'll be highlighting the general theme of the show that I think would be a good refresher. For my guest interviews, the highlights I focused on are my final question for each guest, which is always a completely plausible scenario where they fly back in time to their first presentation and what they would say to themselves. And I think this helps represent the story of their presenting journey and provides instructional insight into navigating your own story. Hope you like it. I can't believe I'm about to do this. So here goes. On the first day of the podcast, I said to you. And it's just going to be a fire hose of practical tips to make your data presentation stand out and bigger picture you know, more elevated, thought-provoking concepts about shifting your whole philosophy around presenting information. And, you know, my goal is that after every episode, you will walk away with totally actionable tips and techniques, and that's going to really set your work apart in your organizations or at your next conference. And just as an FYI, you may occasionally experience an audio bombing from my extremely loud and stubborn Welsh corgi. His name is Hammy. He has a massive Napoleon complex. He's three times as long as he is high, but you would never know from his crazy ear-splitting bark. (laughs) So just so you know, you've been warned. On the second day of podcast, I said to you, the most valuable exercise every presenter can do before they open PowerPoint, before they chart anything, anything, is ask themselves these questions. What does my audience want? What keeps them up at night? How can my expertise solve their problems? And again, what are going to be their top arguments against me? How often do we really do this? I mean, really. <laughs> ask yourself that. Quick recap of the five key ingredients. Number one is an engaging introduction and message. Number two is well-structured and supported content. Number three is well-designed slides and charts. 
Number four is a gripping conclusion and solid call to action. And number five is a deep connection you've created with the audience. With these five ingredients, you will have a recipe for a presentation that is going to blow your audience out of the water. I'd love to hear about what you do with it. On the third day of the podcast, Tim Wilson said to me, so um, we're coming close to the end. So I'm going to ask you one last question. This is my favorite one because I think about this all the time. So imagine this scenario. You're out walking your dogs when suddenly you fall through a rip in time in the sidewalk and it transports you back to the precise moment before your past self is about to walk into your first big presentation. If you could stop yourself, what would you say to you? (laughs) Go. (laughs) I have such a clear, whether it was actually my first presentation or it just goes down as my first presentation. I, I don't think I've ever been in as dead of an audience as I was then. It was when I was a technical writer and I was young and I was presenting to a room full of engineers with overhead projector, you know, foils. And while I would go back and say, kill half of your slides <laughs> and kill 90% of the text that is remaining, you know, on those slides and, you know, go in and, well, and that when I would have said, go in and talk about the benefits, like, don't talk about we, this, our department. I mean, I, it was so about me and the technical writing department and this process we were going to change and how this was going to make things better, but not really benefiting the people we were talking to. It was like, it, it was kind of a mandatory training. They liked me. Like these were people who thought, yeah, Tim's kind of funny. He's cool. And then I walked in and just about put everyone to sleep, myself included. So I would definitely be, and maybe that's where some of the the energy, like, you know, this is a supportive room there. You're, you're rarely really walking into a hostile room. Like you have bigger yeah. problems if you walk into a hostile, hostile room. Uh, so That's probably what I would tell myself. (laughs) On the fourth day of the podcast, I said to you. So let's take a minute to quickly recap the PICA methodology. First, purpose. Ask yourself, why does this exist? Why am I showing this? Is it just to serve an ask or is there a real reason? Insight. Beyond just stating what the chart says, what does it actually mean? Context. Am I showing the full story or is there other information that's going to complete the picture and help better inform decisions? And last but certainly not least, aesthetics. It is so important to learn data visualization best practices so that your audience can quickly grasp your information and focus their attention on your insights. So we just went through my PICA methodology and primped my own slide, but now it's your turn. I would love to see your naughty charts or slides and help you figure out how to tune them up and make them hum. It's completely free and your question or challenge may actually help others in the measure marketing community too. So to submit your own work for a tune up, please visit leahpeka.com slash makeover and upload your files via the cute little form there. On the fifth day of the podcast, Jim Stern said to me, So I I want you to think really hard here. So imagine this scenario. 
you're performing in a new reboot of The Twelfth Night. When mm-hmm. s- you're walking <laughs> off stage and suddenly you fall into a rip in time and it transports you back to the precise moment before your past self is about to walk into your first big presentation. If you could stop yourself, what would you say to you? You're going to be great. Go hey. get them. Hey, all right. You, you own them. <laughs> they, they, the audience is here. They want you to succeed. Show them that you succeed. Um. And I know this from from being audience too. Somebody comes up on stage, you know, they get the big introduction and the lights go up and the person walks out on stage and you go, great, I'm ready to be entertained. I want this person to do well. And they stumble and fumble mm-hmm. and and you just think, oh, that's that's too bad. And then you get mad at them. It's like, why? <laughs> why? I'm here. Why aren't you here? Why didn't you bring your A game? Mm-hmm. But if you if they walk out and and I have seen more than my fair share of presentations where somebody comes out and they're not trying to be funny and they're not trying to entertain, but they're just trying to be lively. They're mm-hmm. trying to be enthused. It's enjoyable. And even if the information they're giving me is stuff I already know, it's fun to watch. Even if it's about a subject matter I know nothing about. It's really interesting to see what gets people cranked up. Mm-hmm. On the sixth day of the podcast, I said to you. Let's take a moment to do a quick recap of the six key components of a meeting invite that won't kill your boss's life. The first is the date and time. Thoughtfully choose a date where people are most likely to be free and a time that won't be during a food coma. Second is your title. Don't just make a statement about what the meeting's about. Create an action statement about what you want to accomplish. Third is the description. Please include an agenda. Break down the various components of your meeting so people know what they're going for. And clearly state the objective of the meeting. What are you actually hoping to accomplish? Next, meeting attachments, materials, Anything that any context your attendees need before they walk in that door must get sent to them in advance. Next is the location. Make sure you've picked a room that has the presentation capabilities that you need and the available space. And for remote, make sure you have all your technical details worked out and placed conveniently in the location field. And last, carefully select your attendees. Make sure you're bringing the bare minimum number of people that is needed to achieve your meeting objective. On the seventh day of the podcast, Eric Feinberg said to me. So imagine this scenario. You're at an interior design expo walking along when suddenly you trip and fall into a rip in time and it transports you back to the precise moment before your past self is about to walk into your first presentation as an analyst. If you could stop yourself, what would you say to you? Man, that's an awesome question. <laughs> I would uh, I, I would probably smile really, really big because <laughs> that's such a cool thing. Um, well, I would say to myself would be uh, I'd kind of put my hand on my own you know shoulder looking at myself you know dead in the eye and I would say, slow down, slow take down. a deep breath, smile, be thankful. This is going to be a great meeting because if if I can tell 
them what I know already. Everything's gone pretty well since then because you worked really hard and you know done done your preparation and research. So I would just say enjoy this, you know, smile, get to know these people, and uh, you know just just enjoy it. I, I think I would, yeah, slow down, deep breath, smile, enjoy it. I love it. Thank you for that. On the eighth day of the podcast, I said to you. And you can already see how much clearer this information is coming to you. But we're not quite finished. Now it's time for a color purge. I love color. I really do. But you have to be so careful about how you use color in data. Red and green could work for unsuccessful versus successful, but it's a little jarring on the eyes. So I'd rather go baseline with two shades of gray. Notice I chose a dark gray for unsuccessful because that's the story I'm highlighting here. And I chose a midpoint gray for visits to help with that context. Now, if you're thinking this looks kind of like a stormy bag of Hitchcock, fear not. There is a reason behind this. Now, to highlight my key insight, I'm using a colorblind safe standout blue tone. You see how much faster my story pops because of the connective tissue I've created between the title insight and the data? That's data design, baby. On the ninth day of the podcast, Krista Seiden said to me, This is my last question, and I want you to think very hard here. Imagine this scenario. You're scuba diving off the coast of Borneo when suddenly a current pulls you through a rip in time and you're brought back to the precise moment you're about to give your first presentation. (laughs) That could happen. (laughs) What would today you say to then you? Um, You know, I, to a lot of the points that I I made earlier, I would probably first and foremost tell myself to slow down. they're going to understand what I say, even if I talk slowly. They'll probably understand it better. Um, and to, to just, you know, try to make it personal. Um, those are the two biggest takeaways that I've had from that very first presentation um, that I still carry with me today. Uh, and so if, if future me could tell past me that, that's definitely something I would like to hear. The 10th day digital analytics power hour said to me. Yeah, that's, I actually at that same conference managed to rack up a horror story because the night before I was supposed to go on stage in a panel, I decided that it'd be a great idea to hang out with everybody and really have a great time. <laughs> can you, can you define have a great time, Michael? Well, I think at about 3.30 in the morning, I was out on the street with Eric Peterson and Joe Stanhope <laughs> eating halal truck food <laughs> and just <laughs> raving about how good it was. <laughs> Eric Peterson will probably deny this ever happened, but he was there. It was us three, which is funny because I don't really know Joe Stanhope that well at all, but we were having a great time. And then I had to get up the next morning and I was very hungover. <laughs> and so that whole lack of energy thing, super pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> that so whole, that was, you weren't running to the bathroom for an, your fourth bullet point. You were, <laughs> well, luckily it was just just a very subdued like, hey everybody. You know, it's like, let's talk a little bit about my favorite topic, which is attribution. You know, and so. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was not a, uh, a shining star of a moment there. Oh, that's a good one, though. Thanks for sharing. On the 
eleventh day, nuts and bolts, peace training said to me. <laughs> all right, so let's get to the good stuff. Tell me all about the PowerPoint 3X training. I mean, PowerPoint 3X is it's really all about speed and efficiency. So I actually counted it. There's like 1,038 commands in PowerPoint, <laughs> right? I mean, it sounds boring, but I went through the list and I counted them because I was just curious. And literally 60 of those commands make up, I say 80%, I'd almost guess 90 to 95% of most people's workday, which is mostly <laughs> your formatting, your alignments, your adjustments, your layerings. And basically, we've just taken those 60 commands and using the four different flavors of shortcuts, hooked them up to your keyboard so that 80% of what you do on a, a general daily basis is all of a sudden just being keyboard driven and you're not digging through file menus and you can obviously start making much more, um, you know, better decisions or rapid fire decisions about things because you can quickly kind of iterate over your layouts and try a bunch of different stuff. On the 12th day of the podcast, I gave to you a podcast in a pear tree. So that definitely just happened. <laughs> uh, I hope that helped recap the year in a fun way and didn't just cancel your subscription to my podcast. Yeah. Just trying to shake things up around here. So instead of an upgrade today or a piece of presentation inspiration, I wanted to dish up a heaping helping of gratitude, that thing. So gratitude and I were a bit estranged last year when I was battling a whole bunch of obstacles with my health, my career, my family in general. This year was truly transformative for me, and it was all completely because of you. And I am grateful for you every single day. My dear, amazing listeners, through your support, I was able to launch this podcast and speak directly to you from my heart on you know these very important topics that we do every day. And I have learned so much from you. The privilege of serving you every day has been a gift. So for that, I thank you. So in the intro, I mentioned that I used to sing with my acapella group in high school every holiday, dressed like one of the little women. I actually played one of the little women in high school also. And you got a little taste of that with my ridiculous song just now. But I absolutely love Victorian Christmas carols and classic holiday music. And my acapella group was made up of my very best friends. So this was basically my most favorite time of year. So... As your presentation inspiration today, I thought that instead of a quote, I would share with you my real voice. You know, as I said before, songs are the timeless storytelling vehicles, and I chose a song that for me paints a beautiful portrait of my favorite things about the holidays. Now, I'm typically very shy about singing in public unless it's karaoke Thursday and everyone's too slammed to remember the next day, <laughs> except for me. Um, or it's bedtime with my toddler. But, you know, since this was the year that I cast off fear, that's my little tagline, I decided to share it with you and give you a little something cozy to listen to you if, if you're commuting this week or you're chained to your desk or if you have a long ride to your relatives for the holiday. I hope you enjoy. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost 
being sung by a choir and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Lots and toys and goodies on his sleigh, and every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from. Many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to Christmas, happy holidays, and have a truly inspired new year. Catch you on the flip side. Namaste.